0: Hi, everybody. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Hey, what's up? Hello. It's December in this episode when it comes out. It's December. I have a sweater on and I have our Two Girls, One Ghost mug. I'm still obsessed with these the designs that Macy. I know. Macy's the best. They're like tarot cards and it has all of our Patreon tiers on it. There's The Only Phantoms, Devil's Hour Insomniacs, and Ill Gotten Booty Papas. That's my favorite. So good.
0: Someone actually recently was like, you guys should make a mug with your logo on it. And I was like, we do. And then I was like, oh, we took it off. That might be a good one to put back and just have on the good
1: old merch site. Yeah, that's a good idea. I also feel like we should do, here's an idea for next year because we have some merch that we're going to put out, a couple of new yeah. designs. We'll put those out. But I also had an idea that we should do on like whatever the Friday the 13th is. Next year, we should do like a resurrected, and for one day only, all the designs we've ever had before become available again just for Friday the 13th.
0: Okay, I need to find out when the Friday the 13th is. Let's see.
1: To remind us <laughs> to actually the do it. 13th of
0: 2024.
1: Yeah, resurrected, back from the dead. <gasps> the designs from six years ago. There are two,
0: Corinne. Mm. There's Friday, September 13th of 2024 and friday december 13th 2024
1: all right well september we'll lock it in let's do it then people can get it for holiday gifts next year we're planning this is so far in advance 10 months in advance but i'm putting it in our calendar put it in our calendar for like august so that we remember to actually grab them all
0: merch drop i'm really excited about the stories that i picked for today because we talked about you and I had the biggest fight we've ever had. <laughs> what was our fight?
1: I don't even, it's not memorable. So I'm like, what did we fight about? It's a joke.
0: It was, it's not even a fight. But during the tour, there was one part of the show where we could not oh. agree on back tickles or clawing, scratching.
1: Yes. We never get tickled emails. Right. I was like, we're way more likely to come across an email that's like scratched by a demon, scratched by a spirit, yeah. then, oh, I got lovely seductive back tickles. Right. So you are correct. We don't really have seductive love back tickles. We do have a couple
0: like incubus, succubus, like sex spirits stories, which we've yeah. read on previous episodes. Remember there was a one that our listener was like, I was super into it. Like my boyfriend's dead best friend and I like had an affair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we have an entire episode on celebrities who've had sex yes. with ghosts. So there are some consensual
0: sexual I- encounters with the spirit realm, but there mm-hmm. are also some tickled stories. We actually have a lot some scary, some silly. But so I picked a couple okay. that. Is this a tickled themed episode? I did tickled
1: themed. <laughs> okay, I did not. So I guess that will balance it out. Although I. Re- <laughs> I'm sad that I didn't know because I could have picked like back scratching, like scary oh. marks, but that's okay. Okay.
0: Well, you can come back to me. There's so many tickled one. We we can do a tickled versus clawed <laughs> episode. Okay. We can do that in 2024. Okay. So I have a couple, depending on time, I might read more. We'll see where we are. I'm going to start with one that is called, a ghost took my shoes off and tickled me. <laughs> tickled the feet, tickled the toes. This is from our listener, Alyssa. Alyssa says, I'm in my early 20s now, but what I'm about to tell you happened when I was like five or six. However, my memory of it is so vivid, it feels as though it happened yesterday. One day in the first house I lived in, I was alone in my bedroom, getting ready to go somewhere with my parents. They were in the living room and I had my bedroom door closed. And I know for a fact, there was no one else in my room. I remember I had a pair of pink and white Dora the Explorer shoes I had and they were sitting right in front of me on my bedroom floor. My socks, though, were behind me, so I turned for what couldn't have been more than half a second to grab my socks. When I turned back, my shoes were gone. They weren't there anymore. At first, I was more confused than scared, but then something inside of me, my intuition or gut feeling of some kind, told me to look up. At this point, I'm petrified with fear and very slowly begin to tilt my head upwards. Ooh, Creepy. Right before I tilted my head all the way to face the ceiling my shoes suddenly fall down from above and hit the ground what in the world i quickly grabbed my shoes and my socks and i scrambled to open the door run out as fast as i could i told my parents what i had just experienced and neither of them believed me or just chalked it up to a child's overactive imagination
1: no something was holding your shoes above you mhm
0: i can recall every detail of the event and i'm so glad i didn't look all the way up because there's no telling what was there? What was up that day? But the strangest occurrence to take place in that house, however, was more subtle and used to happen every once in a while, and particularly only to me. Mm. When I was asleep at night, I'd sometimes wake up to what felt like an invisible hand aggressively tickling me. This happened several times. I no longer live in that house, but those events still haunt me.
1: This makes me think, okay, because how old were they when this like happened? Four or five, six, around okay, the Okay, yeah. So this makes me think that this is a spirit, either a relative or just a spirit who's like, this is how I'm supposed to behave with children. Like, give them a little tickle. Like, help them with their shoes. Certain things like that. More of just, like, a curiosity and just trying to be involved. But how scary. Like Number one, did not say you could tickle me. Not enjoying mm-hmm. this, especially from a phantom hand. Especially aggressive. Like, it's not yeah. like a playful, like, ooh, wake up. It's like a, <sighs> Right. Which Unfortunately, a lot of people do tickle like that. It is a little bit traumatizing when it does happen. I will fully admit, I am a bad tickler, so I don't tickle. No one should. That's the thing. I just
0: don't have the dexterity or the like nimbleness in my fingers to tickle.
1: Who enjoys actually being tickled? Like a true tickle? No. Not like a, you know, a touch, a caress. Like a nice little back tickle? Yeah. That's not like a true tickle. I don't think anyone enjoys a true tickle, except for maybe the people that have the fetish. Being tickled is like having to pee, but
0: not being near a toilet. Like that's the feeling. I feel like
1: it feels like someone's taking needles and stabbing them into me.
0: And trying to peel off your skin.
1: Yeah. When someone tickles me, I feel it inside in my organs. Right. It's the number one way to make me not trust you forever immediately. There are relatives on my never trust again list from (laughs) tickling me when I was like five. I'm like, I'll remember this forever. And I do. Yeah.
0: Have you seen the documentary Tickled? We've talked about it before.
1: Heard about it. Know what it's about. Have no interest in watching it. It is the most wild, true crime story I think I've ever heard, though. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding. Is the true crime a big part of it or is it like mostly just the fetish of being tickled? Because thats I'm not interested in that. It's not at all about the fetish of being tickled, like at all. Oh, okay. You would actually really, really like it because it is
0: so bizarre. And it's like basically this person hiding behind a bunch of corporations and like other people is blackmailing like high school teenage, or I mean they're of age, but like college age kids into being tickled and then like blackmailing them to keep them in this ring but they're like promising so much money and then it's unraveling who's behind it
1: all. It is wild. That is so weird. Like that is, if you gave me a thousand tries to try to like guess some sort of like weird blackmail scheme, I would never put that together. I'd never be like, oh, someone is actively blackmailing people to tickle them. I think that is the weirdest combination. Yeah. Okay, you've convinced me. I think it was mismarketed. It definitely was. I thought it was strictly about- Sexual fantasies.
0: No, I mean, that's definitely part of it because that's what it's being sold to people like who like that yeah. stuff. But the mystery and the like true crime of it all is way more present.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: I'd watch it again with you.
1: Okay. Well, I have a documentary recommendation, which what? remember I was complaining that Delta didn't have it on one of yeah. my flights because I couldn't finish it. Uh-huh. But The Biggest Little Farm is a documentary and it is so good. It's about farming. But it's so interesting. It's basically this couple from Santa Monica in Los Angeles. They buy, what was it? It was like 40 acres of dead, arid soil. And over the next decade, they turn it into basically like an ecosystem that can kind of almost run itself. And it's so so interesting. There's so many details about just like the dependency of animals on certain things and just the mutualistic relationships, microorganisms. Like I loved it. It was so good. So unrelated to Tickled, but the last documentary I watched. Watch
0: Tickled first and then follow it up by a more (laughs) feel-good big little farm. Soothe yourself
2: back
1: into reality by watching a farm try to find its footing. Okay, so what did you pick? Okay, this is from Delia. Good morning, Corinne and Sabrina. I recently started listening to your podcast, and at this point, I'm completely addicted. I am currently on episode 20. So that's early. You've a lot more to listen to. Episode 20, Black Eyed Kids. It immediately brought to my mind my experience. Although it's not as typical as others may have experienced black-eyed kids, I may not even be a true black-eyed child. Maybe it was something worse. This happened quite a few years ago. 15-ish, actually. My boyfriend, now husband, and I had moved into our first ever apartment together. It was a three-bedroom on the second floor of an old brick building in my small hometown in western New York. This building is over 100 years old and started as a hotel. Oh. It's been through various transformations over the years. I'm pretty sure it's still being used as an apartment building today. But let me preface this by saying this place is creepy. It has three floors and only the ground and first floor are in use. The other two are used for storage. One of the rooms on the third floor is covered with black and white photos of old movie stars from the 20s and 30s. And to my knowledge, has never been touched for remodeling. That is so cool. Like a time capsule. But it's spooky. Yeah. I could go on and on about this place and all of the things that I experienced while living there for only one year. And the place was too much to handle by the end of that year.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So at the time I was babysitting my two-year-old nephew. My sister would drop him off at the crack of dawn and pick him up around five. There were many times where I would get up to meet her and then my nephew and I would go back to bed for a few more hours. I should preface the story with another. One of the many things that I would experience in this apartment were some of the weirdest most vivid, most terrifying nightmares that I've ever had in my life thus far. What's more, these dreams would happen while I was under the lightest sleep. I would be hyper aware of every noise and movement around me. I was asleep, but I was still awake, if that makes sense. So this particular morning, my nephew and I had passed out on the couch together in my living room after my sister dropped him off, and I was in this super light slumber, and that's when the dream happened. I'm laying on the couch, and I open my eyes to see my little baby nephew standing over me and his eyes are pitch black i shot off the couch as fast as i could and i darted behind the recliner that was off in the corner and my nephew followed me crouched on all fours (gasps) on the other side of this recliner and i should note that this living room in my dream is arranged the exact same way it is in real life we were at a standoff just staring at each other waiting for the other person to make the move i remember not really being scared just wondering what the hell this thing was its eyes were so 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 unnerving all black and shiny, but had no reflection in them. Thinking about it now, I really don't understand how I kept my cool in the dream. But finally, my quote unquote nephew made a break for it and started for me. The only thing my dream brain could think of was to kick the back of the recliner so hard that it would flip over onto him. And so that's what I did. And it landed on him. And then I eventually woke up. And my nephew woke up at the exact same time. And we kind of just looked at each other like, what the fuck? I've only told a few people this story. It's so off the wall and most people say, well, it was only a dream, but whatever lived in this building had it out for me. I'm telling you. Next time I write, I'll tell you about the time that I found one lone child shoe in the third floor ballroom. I picked it up, I put it right back, and all the things that I experienced after that discovery. Ta-ta for now. I'm going to (laughs) keep listening to this episode and freak myself out so much that I can't fall asleep tonight. (laughs) Thanks and keep doing what you do, Delia. Wow. Okay,
0: well the little shoe in the ballroom reminds me of like the Dear David story. It does. Yes. Also, I'm so convinced that Coraline got the idea for like the Other Mother and all of that stuff from Black-Eyed Kids.
1: Oh, you know what's interesting? You should watch there's video comparisons and breakdowns of Coraline's plot with the lore of fae and fairies, and it's oh. so in line. Interesting. It's basically like saying that Coraline was kidnapped by fairies. That's another theory. But it's like, what are black-eyed kids? Could they be a version of the fae? I don't know,
0: but I never want to encounter a black-eyed kid. And I hate that Mm -hmm. whatever this entity is in the apartment complex that Delia was living in was utilizing this beloved family member, this sweet, innocent child. To terrify – because then it's like you feel – like every instinct of you is like, this is bad, this is wrong, but you're looking at the visual representation of someone that you love. Like, how do you put those two things
1: together? Right. And it's so scary too, because it's like to have the strength to push a recliner over onto a small child that you love so much too. Yeah. Like, you very much have to be certain that you are dreaming and that what you're experiencing is someone mimicking your loved one and not actually them. Yeah.
0: I would love to know what
1: this place is called because I want to look it up. I know. I'm also curious what her nephews – because I feel like they both had a creepy dream about each other, right. but it's like, was he dreaming that she was a monster and she was like throwing a recliner on him oh. and he was just normal or like – Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> were they in the same dream but seeing something – a different version of each other?
0: And then it's like the spirits like trying to turn them against each other. Don't like don't trust yeah. one another kind of thing. Ooh, Creepy.
1: Okay, well, I have another tickled
0: story from our listener, Brandon, and it is called Who Tickled Me? Hi, ghostesses. I discovered y'all's podcast Hello. in 2021 and have been listening religiously since. I watch way less TV now that I have you. My six-year-old I'm... daughter also loves the ghost girls and requests you as much as she requests Taylor Swift. <laughs> wow. I feel like we're Powerpuff Girls. This is cool. Ghost girls. Ghost girls. I am going to be seeing you in Charlotte. Oh, this is so exciting. I follow a great Instagram called Spooky Charlotte, Spooky CLT, that's the Instagram account, which posts about local paranormal tales and a few others for cities like Savannah. I've learned we're not a super haunted city, so it's nice to plan possible trips to the locations in your episodes. As a big fan, one of my most disappointing things is that I've never been able to write and share an encounter because I've never had one. But thanks to the podcast, I am terrified of black-eyed children. Hey, us too. Just
1: talking about them. Here's a little theme.
0: But at least meeting a couple would make a good story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you survive.
0: Yeah. A few months ago, I was road tripping through Canada, and I saw what I later learned was the Starlink satellites. And it was a dream-crushing Google search because for a few minutes, I did think that I had saw aliens and I thought I had a story, but I didn't.
1: That happened to me too.
0: Until finally it happened. A couple weeks ago, after a few nights of rough sleep, I decided to take a Sunday afternoon nap on the couch. Why is it always naps? Like, I feel like you get targeted during naps. Most people. I think so. Our front door is in the living room. And as I was laying down, my wife headed out. I quickly fell asleep. And about an hour later, I woke up feeling a tickle on my side. I tried to open my eyes, but only got them halfway and I could make out a blurry, dark shape with an arm reaching down to my side from behind. My eyes hardly being able to open was... What is going on with my lighting? I don't know. If you're watching on YouTube, I don't know what's happening. There's like some weird glitching happening with my lighting, so... It's the cursed computer. We gotta trade it in. It's my cursed computer. My eyes were the first sign, not being able to open them fully. But then I tried to swat away this tickler, and I realized I couldn't move. At all. Was this my first experience with sleep paralysis? I would never have known if it weren't for y'all... But that was my first thought. Then I went back to the tickler. I tried to force out a, stop tickling me, tickling sucks. But all I could muster was something like, N-I-n-s-u. despite my paralysis panic, I assumed it was just my wife returning. The dark shape had to be the camo hoodie she was wearing when she left. So I closed my eyes and I drifted back to sleep. But I woke up again about 20 minutes later. This time I was able to move and I called out, but there was no answer. There's no car in the driveway no one else was home. My wife was not home. And this is when I really started to freak out. I started running through the possibilities in my head, but kept going back to the paranormal. I have the same camo hoodie that I saw the spirit wearing. So I think maybe doppelganger, maybe a weird projection of my wife, or maybe I'm too hung up on the camo thing. We have three dogs who didn't make a single sound during the whole experience. And you always say, trust your pets, right? We also have a weird voodoo doll that some friends brought us from New Orleans that was meant to ward off evil spirits. So clearly, whatever was there doesn't feel bad if I have to believe that this voodoo doll is working. But the question remains, what the fuck tickled me? Thanks
1: for everything y'all do, Brandon. I love that Brandon yelled out like, tickling sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Just in case the spirit didn't understand that it actually is not an enjoyable experience for many. Yeah. But it does beg the question, like, what was who was the tickler? The phantom tickler. And it was a one and done tickle, right? Like it's never happened again. Yeah.
0: Wait, I have a very funny story to tell you. This is about my sister. So when she was in college, like a rumor started about this like Fairfield cuddler because she went to Fairfield in Connecticut and she was a freshman and someone like started talking about the Fairfield cuddler. Basically people like felt someone cuddling them at night. My sister one night was a little bit intoxicated and she had gone to the bathroom in the middle of the night and walked back to what she thought was her room and got into bed with who she thought was her boyfriend at the
1: time. But it was not she cuddled someone else for like 20 minutes. And then realized and left? Yeah. So she is the Fairfield cuddler? She is the Fairfield cuddler. Did she ever tell anyone? I mean, she told me, so I'm sure she did tell people. (laughs) I wonder if there was like a big discovery where it was like, Lexi, we can move on. No one has to be fearful. It's just Lexi. One time when she was drunk. Yeah. At least it's cuddling. Like that's a nice thing to wake up to. Yeah. Although it is very scary when you don't know. When it's not supposed to happen to you. Yeah. Like to have a foreign body wrapped around you, that's actually terrifying. Oh, absolutely. That's halfway to being kidnapped. <laughs> They've already got you.
0: You are in a laying down position. Yeah. Yeah. You got to use your uh, jujitsu skills. <laughs> Which we have lots of. Tackle them. If you were to do one training, like protective tactical training, what would you do?
1: Krav Maga. Mm. 100%. You could kill someone. I think I would do like sword fighting. Oh, I did. Well, I did sword fighting for the stage. I did stage (laughs) combat at LMU. You're basically a swordist. What's the word? It is scary that they give you real swords there. They like dull the sides of it. But if you truly with force hit someone, you could seriously injure them. Yeah. Sword fighting. But then if someone comes at you, are you going to always have a sword on you?
0: Okay. Julian, who I worked with on Prodigal Son, is the most badass woman I've ever met she's trained in all of this stuff and she has a sword like above her bed and she knows how to use it. And she just like, <laughs> if she, like, I was honestly like, if I were to ever have a roommate, Julian, like, can you please be my roommate? Because I would feel so oh my safe gosh. with you.
1: That's one of those things where you need to sync your Alexa to your home invasion security system. <laughs> That's someone that like the intruders need a warning, like warning. I am trained in sword combat. Accolades include. <laughs> yeah, accolades. <laughs> It's like, do you wish to proceed? If so, take one step forward.
0: It's like instead of a sticker on the window that says like, beware dog. It's like, yeah. beware sword fighter.
1: I feel like I'd be a scary house to break into as well. Just because of the unpredictability of my response. You would be scary just to come up against in any regard. I think so too. My long hair just waiting there in the darkness. Hello, friend. I've been waiting for you. I think people would think I was a ghost. Yeah. Maybe I would just convince them that I was. Have you ever seen, sorry, this is another tangent, but have you seen Seven Psychopaths? No, I don't
0: think so. Oh, one of my favorite movies. You got to okay. watch it. I'll watch it.
1: Okay. This is called My Sister-in-Law and the Day that She Died. Hello, ladies. I just recently started listening to your podcast and I'm trying my hardest to catch up, although I'm still only on episode 37, Incubus Succubus. Ooh. Today's story comes to you from my sister-in-law who passed in 2020. You may know her as she gained quite a lot of fame in the early 2000s. Her name is Nikki McKibben, and she was third runner-up for the first season of American Idol. Aww. Those who knew her personally could tell you that she was a very special soul in many ways, one of which was that she was a practicing witch and medium. An artist at heart, though, So it should come as no surprise to anyone that she had endless stacks of notebooks with poems, spell works, songs, and doodles inside. She could communicate with spirits, and sometimes it would get so loud she would write down messages or things that seemed important as well. Her and my brother-in-law were married in 2007, and he would often make comments about when we're old, to which she would always respond with the same, honey, I won't be there. I die young. Oh. My brother-in-law always kind of laughed it off. And she never wavered in this. She knew the day that she would die. Fast forward to the year 2020. It was October and some COVID restrictions were being lifted. But what her and my brother-in-law were most excited for was that Samhain fell on Halloween that year. The way we've always observed the holiday is that you calculate the halfway mark between the fall equinox and the winter solstice. And based off that, you find the closest lunar event. And that is when we celebrate. This holiday hadn't fell on Halloween in my memory before, so everyone was quite excited for it. Yeah. My sister-in-law, however, knew something was wrong or off. My brother-in-law says that he kept trying to get her out of her slump by reminding her that Sawwin was right around the corner. The morning of October 28th, their granddaughter gets dropped off in the morning and comes in to give her Nana a hug and chat her ear off. No kidding. That girl can talk. (laughs) Only Nana isn't waking up she isn't responding to anyone. It looks as though she's just sleeping. My brother-in-law knew that this was not normal, so he called 911. Upon arrival at the hospital, they tell him that she had suffered an aneurysm. She was brain dead. She was kept on life support for four days so all of her family could come and say goodbye and so that she could give her final gifts as an organ donor. Her son was one of the last to go in and see her. Coming out of the hospital doors, he nearly collapsed in tears and says, I want my mom. (laughs) After months and months of grieving, my brother-in-law, wanting so desperately to be near his soulmate again, decided to pick up one of her last notebooks that she had been writing in. On the bottom of the last page in her messy, chaotic writings was a bold date circled and underlined. The date? October 28th. And underneath it, it said, he wants his mom. Thanks for reading, ladies, and thank you so much for your entertaining podcast. I absolutely can't get enough, and let me know if I should send anything else from Sabrina. (sighs) This is so heartbreaking. I feel like my heart stopped reading that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And like, it clearly, she was so in tune with herself, with the other side, with something higher than all of us. But mm-hmm. it doesn't make it easier. And like, despite her no. saying, you know, I won't make it that long, I die young, like, it doesn't change how painful and heartbreaking and devastating that loss is.
1: Ugh. And it also makes me think, I mean, she wrote in her own notebook, October 28th, circled it, underlined it, bolded it. He wants his mom, like, her son wants her. And so it makes me think, yeah, she definitely knew that something was coming that day, especially because she was acting. Off. Yeah. And so I just imagine that she knew what she had always thought was about to come true and the strength that it must have taken for her to just try to keep pushing through and not outwardly make everyone panic by saying, I think this is it. I think it's finally happening for me. She just had to keep it inside. And yeah, she obviously was probably scared or yeah. surprised that it was finally here. But how strong of her, too, to just. Oh, that breaks my heart. Write it down and then continue to live with everyone around her. Ugh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I know. It's horrible, but it's also kind of beautiful at the same time. I know. I mean, this is
0: it brings up so many questions and I feel like we can't spend too much time talking about it because it, when you start talking about the existentialness of life, I think it yeah, it's a little bit like ah, but it does right. beg to question like how much free will is there and how much is predetermined and why is it that way? Like, I don't know. Again,
1: can't spend too much time on it. I know. But it's also one of those things where it's almost like people talk about the soul contracts too, where it's like some people sign up for a life going into the life, knowing that there is, maybe there's certain people who do have predetermined tracks and their soul signs up for it. It's like the people who remember being like, when I was alive before, I know I, I had signed up to only live for five years. Yeah. And do what I was supposed to do in those five years. And then I was gonna be gone and now I'm back, you know. But then I have so many more questions. <laughs> <laughs> we look for an answer, but it's I feel like the answers to the other side and and to death and dying and souls. It's like a freaking encyclopedia. There is no like, here's exactly what happens for everybody. It's also a Pandora's
0: box. Like once you open it, ask one question and try to get an answer, it then presents thousands more questions. Yeah. Okay, well, I have another tickled story. This one has um, kind of a bunch of different stories, but this is from Deirdre, and it's titled Too Many to Count. hey (laughs) yo. So I'm not sure where to even start because paranormal activity has been a part of my life since I was a child. Firstly, I would like to say that I love your podcast and love that you gals make me feel like I'm sitting there with you giggling and getting scared. And I like to blame the cold weather on my goosebumps while listening to the stories you tell. Is this
1: a new Deirdre or is this the Deirdre that I met a couple times at various breweries? Oh. In Boston, I wonder. I don't know. Another cold weather Deirdre.
0: Yes. So I'm going to start with two stories from my childhood and then I'll tell you more about my more recent experiences. When I was a young child, my mother used to keep a journal of all the weird things that were happening in our house when I was six years old. We lived in a quiet neighborhood consisting of about six or seven houses on the outskirts of Biggerville, Pennsylvania. One night when I was six years old and sleeping, I woke up for no reason at all. My bed was facing the door, and as I laid there sleepily, I saw a tall, dark figure with a top hat and a bag under his arm just walk past my bedroom door very slowly. The bathroom was right next to my room at the end of the hallway, which is where he walked into, and so I thought maybe it was my dad. And I got up to check, but when I got to the bathroom, which was connected to the laundry room, and the attic door was also in the bathroom, I saw that my dad was not there. And immediately knew that there was no way in hell that I was going to go check the laundry room nor the attic. So I ran (laughs) crying to my parents, and honestly, I was sick, so I don't really know how they consoled me. One time, my mother asked me to go upstairs and put my pajamas on, which is the same house from the story when I was six years old, and I asked her if she could come with me. As we approached the stairs, we heard loud thuds coming from the stairwell. At the top of the stairs, my mother had a large bookshelf with those heavy encyclopedias all on top of the top row of the bookshelf. When we got up the stairs, the entire top row of encyclopedias had been thrown off the case down the stairs. That's heavy, heavy books. Very. Also, I want to read Deirdre's mom's journal of all the spooky things that happened. (laughs)
1: That's a great idea. When I have kids, I'm definitely going to do that if they do or say anything weird. Definitely. Please do. It's like a log book. <laughs> I feel like our podcast could also be your log book of creepy kidding. That's true. <laughs> I'll do it both places.
0: So now onto my adult years, my current home. I went to the bathroom to do my makeup, and when I came out, the ceiling fan was on, which was weird because there is no way this fan could have been turned on. It doesn't have a switch, and the only way to turn it on is by pulling the string. I never use my ceiling fans because they are loud and obnoxious. I went to pull the string to realize it was already on the lowest setting, which is not possible because you'd have to pull it multiple times to get it to the lowest setting. Mm. As I started to pull the string, I got a nosebleed. I can't even remember the last time I got a nosebleed. I came into my living room once and I saw the other ceiling fan on. And again, I had never turned that fan on in the entire three years of living there. There's no string to pull it, only a plug that is connected to the wall outlet. Needless to say, I pulled the plug. Trigger warning, this next story does involve suicide. One of my best friends, who I'm gonna keep anonymous, died by suicide. I cried about not being able to get any type of message from her before passing on. And I woke up to my phone telling me that she had sent me a message on Snapchat. But when I opened the message, there was nothing there. This was four days after she had passed. I felt very sad, but also relieved that she heard me crying for her and she came to visit.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. She did as much as she could with her energy. Yeah. Maybe couldn't type something out, but just let you know that she was there.
0: Right. Another time in this house, I was in a deep sleep when I was suddenly awoken by a loud knock three times, almost as if it was right next to my ear. Typically, this stands for a spirit telling you that you're going to lose someone close to you, either in three days, three weeks, or three months. My grandfather passed away at the three-week mark. Now, on to my creepy children, which is at the same current house of these stories before. My kid Carter came into my room right before I was about to sleep, and she looked so confused. This is how our conversation went. I said, Buggy, what's wrong? Carter looked at me. "Mommy." It was like he was invisible. Me, what do you mean, baby? Carter, I was sleeping and I thought that one of my stuffed animals was poking my belly. Me, what do you mean poking you? Carter points to her belly and starts poking it and says, but when I woke up, nobody was there. She was more confused and she could feel something and not see it. She was not really scared, just more confused. Then my child Maddie asked me to stop tickling her and playing with her feet while she was sleeping. (laughs) i am a heavy sleeper and i do not like to interrupt my children sleeping so there is no way that i was doing that to her it does make sense though because my grandfather used to poke us and tickle us when he was around so i do kind of think it's him after these experiences i walked into my living room and i said out loud if this is my grandfather it is cool that you are here but you're starting to freak me and the girls out a little bit so could you just tone it down a bit Yeah." And if this isn't my grandfather, it's also cool that you're here. But again, don't scare us because we live here too and we leave you alone. Since then, we have not had any ghostly experiences. Hopefully you enjoyed these little tidbits. See you on the other side. Love always, Deirdre.
1: Oh my gosh. Having kids can be so entertaining, can't it? It can. What would I do if my child came and was like, stop tickling me when I'm sleeping? I'd be like, what the fuck? I don't think I'd be as chill as Deirdre was, It was just like, hey, we're setting intentions. We're setting boundaries. I think I'd be like, I'm grabbing every type of incense and smoking mechanism I have, and I'm cleaning this space. I'd be so scared. I think because Deirdre's kids were not really
0: scared, but more just confused right. by
1: it, Yeah,
0: it does make sense. And then also for her, Deirdre, to be like, okay, my grandfather used to do this. It's kind of endearing to think that my grandfather's visiting my children, like getting to be a part of their lives in some way.
1: She can assume that it's him.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, she's still like, you know, mom pants are on and is like, hey, listen up. We're going to have a little chat here. No tickling. Quite the number of experiences you've got there, Deirdre. (laughs) I feel like Deirdre probably has her own journal of creepy
1: encounters with her kids. I know if you have access to that journal still of your moms, we'd love to hear it, love to see it. Actually, this is a
0: great call to action because you put in our Excel that in, I think it's like the first encounters of 2024, we're doing a creepy kids one.
1: I wanted to do one because there were so many creepy kids that because of the different venues we were playing at that had age restrictions, there were a ton of people that we didn't get to meet that listened to us. And so I wanted to honor those creepy kids a little (laughs) And have a creepy kid episode. I don't know if it will work out, but
0: here's a call to action. Email us your encounters with your creepy kids or from when you were a creepy kid. And if you have a current creepy kid who has like a creepy story, record them telling it because that would be kind of fun to hear it from them. That would be so cool. The kid's special. And then, but also if you record it, also type it out just in case like our like audio, it doesn't work out. So we have both. That would be so cool.
1: Love a good creepy childhood story or creepy kid. They're so fun. They're so creepy.
0: We have so many in our inbox of creepy kids, but we also have so many more tickled stories that like I really do like this idea of doing tickled (laughs) versus scratched.
1: A tickled special. Tickled versus scratched. We should have one of those. Yeah. Almost like a would you rather. And then we'll read them side by side and it's like, what's worse? (laughs) What would you rather experience? That's
0: actually, uh, that's fun. I also feel like we should just do that. That's like a fun special where people send us two stories and we have to pick which one we would rather have experienced.
1: Mm. We have plenty where people have sent us just two stories that they've that's experienced. True. So maybe we'll just find we'll just some too. But there's another call to action. But thank you guys for yeah, thank you. joining us again mm-hmm. in the good old month of December. We are taking a small hiatus for the last two weeks of December and we'll join you back in the new year. Yes. So, we hope everyone rests up, but we have a couple more episodes coming mm-hmm. out for you this year. Speaking of having your kids share their stories with us, we
0: wanted to remind you about Campfire Stories, which is live on Patreon every Tuesday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern for any active Patreon tier, we have had so many incredible stories from listeners from all of you, our most haunted friend group as we like to call you. Um, but recently, we had an experience that we just had to share with you. So, back in August, our listener Leah came on to share you'll hear it in just a second, but to share all about all these hauntings that they had been experiencing. And so we did a kind of a group manifestation cleansing protection of Leah and the update that we just got last week on our campfire stories live was unbelievable. So, so we put together a clip of the campfire stories with Leah from back in August and then the episode from recently, and then also just a little bit of a teaser from when Corinne was with her family doing campfire stories around a real campfire. If you want to hear more stories like this or share your story with us live, Join us on Patreon every Tuesday for Campfire Stories Live.
3: Hello,
1: Live. Happy August. I am showing a display. Are you guys making s'mores?
2: Hey.
3: Yes,
1: we are. Oh my gosh! Hey, how are you? How are you? <laughs> They haven't been able but they're not patrons, so they haven't been able to attend campfire stories after attending <laughs> it every so Tuesday for like a year. Oh, they were like, we, we want to go, we want to go. I was like, well, why don't we do it by the campfire? Currently, so. it is your birthday week. It's my birthday week. Here, I'll yes. go like this for a little, so we can watch the s'more roasting.
0: <laughs> Uh, oh, that's you. nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, it's, it's just me. me. <laughs> we are doing a theme. So pick out of the hat. I think we did say let's do pajamas, but technically I'm wearing, I'm actually wearing my Shook Paranormal Podcast shirt. And it's kind of my. I'm pajamas. wearing
1: my Noah Con merch. I went to the merch table. I went to his Sunday show here in Burlington, oh. Vermont. And I bought two shirts and a sweatshirt. And a tote bag, and I already owned two shirts and a patch. So I have up. Regina here.
0: She wants to say hi. Come here, little girl. Hello, girl. You just, Kitty. She was just finishing eating.
1: Okay, wait. So, for a theme we had set, wait, can you get grab her? Yeah. Show us the baby. <sighs> but, uh, if you do listen to Noah Khan, you will cry. Oh my God. Wait, I gotta show my parents too. Guys, look, she's fostering a kitten named Regina. Little
2: okay, yeah. Oh, wow. The mean girls?
1: The mean girls. That's what I said, too. It's like we're on FaceTime. <laughs> so. <laughs> she's so cute.
3: Look how tiny she is behind you.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But, yeah, so we have the grab bag theme today. Uh, I wrote some, but I wanted to take some suggestions. I ripped up my my to-do list because, actually, I probably shouldn't have done that. That's Okay. <laughs> I thought they were all done, and then I realized that they were not.
1: No.
0: I'll piece them together later.
1: You'll remember. If it's important, you'll know.
0: It'll be a little puzzle. Um, Okay. So if you guys have ideas for things, basically I'm writing themes on these pieces of paper, and I will shuffle them up and pick. And then if you have a story related to that theme, so let's just say we pick haunted houses— if you have a story related to that theme, you um, say "Heyo me," and I will bring you up, and you can join us and share your story with us.
1: Couple of rules. Also, this has nothing to do with campfire stories, but I just remembered it. There's apparently, I don't think it got canceled. There's a satellite launch happening, or satellite launch, or uh, just a rocket launch in Virginia at eight thirty p.m. Eastern. And if you are living in Massachusetts or below in North America you might be able to see it around 8.30. So look to the sky. Oh. If I see it here, I'll, I'll show it. You'll, show it to everyone? Yeah. We've got 20 minutes until then. Here
0: are my suggestions, my, our, our topics. I did them all. Okay. Sleep paralysis. If anyone has a sleep paralysis story, say I. I think Leah said that they had a sleep paralysis story. So I will bring... Leah up and then I have a little bit of a
3: ghost story. Okay, lovely. Okay. Do we want to do video off? Oh. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. there this is really exciting. This is like one of my first times ever offering to talk and I I just I love your podcast, so I'm fangirling right now. Um,
1: Thanks for joining, so much us. for joining us.
3: My story is kind of short and sweet. Um, but I have to say it is kind of the beginning of I don't know if you want to call it a haunting or something coming into my life or just some beginning of a really spooky experience that I've had in this apartment ever since. Okay. Yes. So
0: I. Are you in the apartment right now?
3: Yes. And I'm actually in this exact spot that I experienced it. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, we're setting positive intentions here. Only love and light coming to you.
3: Thank you. Uh, I'm going to need that. So it's um, my my apartment bed is on the floor um, in millennial style. And, you know, where you're laying, you can see straight out the door that, um, you know, you enter into the bedroom. It mm-hmm. is a long hallway. It's dark at night. You can't see much. Um... Now you can because I have a nightlight that I put out there and I will not go to sleep without it on because of this experience. <laughs> oh no!
1: Honestly, the fact that you didn't have a nightlight before, like so brave of you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I was um, experiencing a few different nights where I was having nightmares, which isn't like actually that unusual for me. And this one night, I was having one of these nightmares that I thought I was waking up. And it turns out I'm not actually awake. So except this time, I swear in my life, I was awake, staring straight at the doorway that looks into my bedroom. And there was three shadow people standing there. And I'm trying, like, if as if right now you tried to scream on the top of your lungs, screaming, help, help. And I was trying oh, to tap my husband. Oh, no. And I was, like, saying his name. And I'm, like, please, please help. There's something there. Did you feel like you were actually screaming it?
1: Or was it, like, stuck in your voice? Like, did you think he heard you?
3: So it was coming out in whispers. Oh. Help, help. That is so, uh Yeah, so I've described this the next morning as the most desperate you can feel in a moment. Because all I was trying to do was move my body and scream. And there was nothing I could do. It's so scary. I hate when that what happens. What did it end? this lasted probably like a solid 30 seconds, which felt like obviously a lifetime. And I don't know if I fell back asleep, or if I woke up right away. But after that, that happened to me a few different nights. And now those like what I would call like shadow people, I see them like, not even in sleep paralysis, just, like, I'll be in my bedroom, I'll look over, and there they'll be, just, like, casually chilling, and I swear to g- and I say all the time I should try to capture it, but then that me- makes it too real. Yeah, I don't um,
0: blame you. What do you do when you see them?
3: Panic in the inside. Uh <laughs> Pretend like it's not happening. And um I just Sometimes. think ever since that time there's just been this really long string of weird, stupid activity, like bread flying off the counter or like like my electric candles going on when I was nowhere near them. I wish they would maybe like go where I can't see them.
0: <laughs> so do you think aware. you're being too nice to them? Should we should we be a little bit more like get out of here?
3: Firm. We can all
0: together give you get out of here energy for, for right now.
3: Yeah, go for it. I mean, totally. I can, I can use some of that energy. All right. Let's all
0: gather our hands through the ether. Everyone, close your eyes and think and tell mentally with all of your energy, these shadow people to leave Leah alone that they are not welcome in her space. What if this works?
3: Hi. So I have a little mini update because I was on here once before and Mm -hmm. I have a spooky alien story.
0: I want to hear about... Okay, what's the update? And then then tell us the alien story.
3: Quick update. I was on here um, maybe like three months ago and I talked about these spooky shadow people who were watching me in my bedroom and you and Kareem did all of these sweet little protection words and there's people in the comments saying they were like putting protections over me. I have been seeing those for the last four years of my life. Since that day, I have not seen them one time. Holy shit. Yes. So whatever someone said or did or manifested for me, it 100% worked. Bill
1: Bill told me a alien story in classic dad fashion. After 6 years of having a podcast, he told me about a time he saw a UFO. Oh. Dad, do you want to tell it? Do you want to speak loud?
2: I'll speak loud. Oh, she's putting me in the. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I'll stand by. It was so just a, it was it was a simple story. You know, I've seen a couple, but uh, when I was maybe 17 years old, I was traveling from uh, my mother's house to her camp uh, in Maine, and on my way there, uh, there was a bright light, saucer type thing, hovering above the mountain that I pass all the time. And six or seven cars were pulled over. So I pulled over, two, and I watched it for maybe 15 minutes. And it was still there when I left. Got back in the car and left. Uh, Nobody ever talked about it. Never saw it in the news. (sighs) Nothing. It was up in the middle of nowhere. Wait,
1: when did you say? What year? What was your Uh, estimate? It was
2: probably 1970. I'm dating myself. 1978 or 79. Somewhere around then. But this
1: was like... Twenty-ish minutes away from where Betty and Barney Hill were abducted. Oh,
2: oh I wasn't yeah. far from there. I grew up not far from where.
1: Yeah,
2: Betty and Barney.
1: It's wild
0: from. that it was there the, the entire fifteen minutes, and then multiple people pulled over and <laughs> no one talked
2: oh, about this it. This mountain, all it had was hiking trails on it. I I had been and up, up and it was just a massive,
3: yeah.
2: massive light right just above it. Yeah. What's yeah. your
1: take on? Tell if it was like sitting on the mountain or hovering right
2: above it. Yeah, I couldn't tell because it was down below the top of it, um, but it was above the ground. But it wasn't the background. I could see the the top of the mountain behind it.
0: Oh wow!
2: So yeah, it, it was in the White Mountains in New Hampshire.
0: Do you think that's like the most? Because you said you've seen a few. Is that the most clear you've seen it?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, the other things I, I saw way up.
1: Wow, um, it's yeah. like the like when you saw. Are you talking about like when you think it's a shooting star at first, and then it starts to zigzag, and then you're
2: like, "Oh, oh!" When something goes straight up, or it, that's what I saw. Yeah. Previous to that, something in the sky, and then it just went straight up. Wow, so, so that's it. Simple story. What,
0: what's your take on a, the the uh, admission or the, the whistleblower? Oh,
2: congressional know? hearings. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it, it's been a long time coming. They've known for years. Oh yeah. We can be so a- have
1: we. And if you're on Patreon, you will get some news about next year. Should we just say it? Okay, we can say the news. Okay.
0: <laughs> because if you're on Patreon, if you're in the like highest tier, which only phantoms, you will be getting episodes one week early and ad free. So right now we've been posting them a day early and ad-free, but now you'll get them a full week early. So those two weeks off, you'll now have two episodes that you'll be able to listen to during those two weeks because you'll get them early.
1: Yes. And we believe that our Patreon will allow us to sync them to Spotify. So if you're a Patreon member and you also have Spotify, you should be able to listen to them a week early there as well. Yeah. And
0: hey, Patreon, you're going to get one extra episode of the podcast a month too in 2024, exclusive to you.
1: Big things are happening.
0: So many things. How can Kurt and I make way more work for ourselves to entertain all of
1: you and also entertain ourselves? Yeah, that's true. Like, if we didn't want to do it, we wouldn't be doing it.
0: Well, it's also crazy. People are like, "Don't you think you'll ever run out of things to talk about?" And it's like, "No, we can't even cover enough because there's too many." Like, it, I just right. we could do this for <laughs> a million years. That's why we're gonna have extra episodes, and we're gonna become vampires and never stop doing this. No, no. Great. Well, thank you guys for coming.
1: We appreciate you. We We love you. you. Shout out to our team. Yeah. Happy holidays. Oh, ho, ho. And we will see you you on the other other side.